I got good news and I got bad news. I'm going to start with the good news first. On this beautiful day that it is August 8th of the year 2022 of our Lord, something will never be the same. And that will be the Rice Lake Area W-A-Q-E. Welcome to the family that is over the line. We uh, are a, a new show for your area. We've been around for quite some time. Uh, myself, my name is Ebo. Alongside of me is... Rowdy here. Rowdy, Nelly, or Nelson. I use them all interchangeably, if we all do. And we uh, talk Packers, Badgers, Brewers, Bucks, Wisconsin sports, Live, local, right here out of Madison, Wisconsin. We're in WKTY, that's beautiful lacrosse. W-O-T-E, Clintonville, Shano. W-M-A-M, up in Marinette. And, of course, W-O-Z-N here, Madison, Wisconsin. And I want to welcome you, W-A-Q-E, Rice Lake, into the fold. Uh, Rowdy, besides Wisconsin sports, we got we got pop culture, we got national sports, we got uh, movies, music, everything in between. We got sports gambling with my guy Nelly over here, 650 and 850 every day. I mean, what else, what else do we bring to the table, Rowdy, besides just nonstop entertainment? Yeah, it's definitely a wide variety for a sports talk show. You go from sports to pop culture to it's everything. who knows what Food. the callers are going to bring up. Oh, and the callers. Oh, baby. The callers. It's like the Wild West when you go to the phone lines. And would love to hear from you as well. Our phone number is very easy, 608-321-1670. I will be saying that many times throughout the course of the show as uh, we welcome you all. On into the family. Very excited for all of this. All right, Nelly, a lot of stuff to get today from Packers Family Night on Friday, the week and the weekend that was for the Milwaukee Brewers. We have Wisconsin football with their fall camp. We have Wisconsin basketball. They went to Paris yesterday. We'll dive into all of that as well as the uh, the national side of things. But first, uh, Nelly, I got to give you a big shout out. Um, I know Rice Lake, you're just joining on right now. But Friday, we do uh, the annual Zone Golf Scramble. We were at beautiful Coachman's Country Club in Edgerton, Wisconsin on Friday. And I got to say, I had an absolute blast. Couldn't have been a better day. It's per- it, was, it was hot, but it was perfect. Oh, it was hot. But it was, would, it I'd rather have it hot des- than rainy. I don't think I heard anyone describe it as a death march. Like, uh, what was that, the 2018? Yeah, when it was like 110 degrees. This time only, what, like 90 degrees? It was but yeah, awesome. it was definitely hot. I think uh, for the most part, I think I heard everyone had a good time. And man, the only thing that I would go back and do differently is we would probably need more employees from uh, Midwest <laughs> family just so that uh, we're not running around doing everything while also trying to golf and radio shows. Correct. Yeah. And at and at the same part or at the same time, I think uh it would have been a little bit nicer if the uh if Coachman's would have been a little bit more organized. Oh at Coachman the start. Coachman's great though. Coach beautiful, beautiful uh, facilities. Talking to Teresa, they've been around freaking forever, dude. Hell the, my grandfather worked there back in the back in the day. Oh, uh, but yes, a beautiful time. Thanks to everyone that came out and participated. We had an absolute blast. I hope everyone else did too. I think I'm still recovering. <laughs> Rowdy was on an 84 days? 84 days. Rowdy had 84 days of a cleanse under his belt, not a drop of alcohol. And we waited until uh, we were, what, about uh, pulling up? We were, were we done with our first hole? Or were we halfway done with our first hole? Rowdy cracked a bush light. Yeah, it would have been before our second hole. Yeah, so, hell, we, we, the 84 days and one hole in. Then Rowdy cracks the bush light to break the 84-day cleanse. And my man, how'd it feel? It definitely tasted really good, especially that first sip. 
Because you think about it, it was hotter <laughs> it than was, hell. It was really hot out there. And an ice cold bush light. And it was, was going down there. pretty easy. But uh, it just felt like you were, you couldn't even really get that drunk because of how hot it was. <laughs> okay, let me ask you about and the cleanse. Our group? Eh. All right. Yeah. I thought we were all right. No, we were great. For, for, for golfing us, wise. For our skill level, we were fantastic. I have to ask you about the cleanse, though, Rowdy. From the first bush light that was cracked on Friday around 12.15, to sun, or Saturday morning, from the start of the cleanse to oh, I was, the next day. I was sleeping by Friday night. <laughs> How did you feel when you woke up Saturday morning? I, I was home by 10 o'clock. Mm. When I left the clubhouse of Coachman's, you were, uh, the cleanse was definitely dead and buried for a while. I'll say that. B- buried by many bush lights and uh, I think old fashions. Yeah, started. That was the problem <laughs> late. Started out with the bush light and then we, uh, well, then I started really hammering the old fashions and that's where it, it went a little sour. But it was Friday night and there's a like a country club. Uh, there's like a, you know, a bar and a restaurant for coachmen's. What do you do in Wisconsin? You have on Friday nights, you have an old fashioned and the fish fly, fry was flying out the window. So, no kidding, you had to old fashioned. Yeah. It was a good Wisconsin night. I was home by 10. I don't think I could have went any longer. No, I don't, yeah. I don't, when I left you around, what was that, like 7 o'clock? I'm like, my man's well on his way. Uh, but I want to give a big shout out uh, real quick to our uh, sponsors. First Supply. Oh, my God, the boys are First Supply. They know how to party. First Supply, I was out there getting it going. Rock Realty. I was talking with Eric. And Kendra about trying to get a nice little country property. They're like, give me a call. So Rock Realty, Wisconsin. I didn't even we'll notice the dog until I almost stepped on it. What was that a little boxer? A boxer? <laughs> I, dog? I don't know. Uh, Roxy was the dog's name. Little cutie. I almost. Te- That's how I noticed it too, Rowdy. I about stepped on it. A clutch energy drink, helping the people get all energized out there. Went really good with vodka. Pizza Pit Pizza. They had thirty pizzas for us, Rowdy. It was. I'd never had Pizza Pit before. It was bomb. So. Turns out we, for for the number of people, because normally this is what happens at outings. You know, you have your, your total number of people that golf and yeah. only about 50% normally show up to the after. Yeah. Whew, that 50% that showed up to the after, they, they definitely took down the pizza because at the very end when I was cleaning everything up, <laughs> we like, had less than one full pizza left. I think there was four slices of cheese left. That was about it. Pizza Pit, damn good. Thank you so much. PRP Wine International, uh, wine tastings, all kinds of great stuff for PRP. Uh, Whiskito, custom handmade apparel, crushing it. The Madison Mallards out there. Ooh, how oh, about that guy? I think the MVP of that's got to be the guy that had to wear the, the Madison Mallards Maynard outfit yeah he the mascot the mallards get there about when we're starting and the, and this kid who's probably early college comes up and goes hey where should i go and i instruct him to the hole and the then he shade. goes do you think there's like is there like a bathroom out there where i can change into the into the mascot <laughs> thing i'm like you'll be fine you well, can that's just what do we it. saw him changing into yeah the- and we we started on the exact hole that i was mm-hmm. having them placed at and he was over there changing into the mallard's mascot it's like 90 in degrees the shade in like one of the hottest days i told him i'm like dude you don't have to do that he's like no i do and then carbon <laughs> four for giving us some product as well some delicious carbon four so thanks you everyone that was uh, involved and came out yeah we had a few different 
different things that kind of came up just because Ebo and I were basically the only employees that were there working. Yeah. And we definitely just need to get more next time. It'll run oh. smoother. Oh, it's smooth just for us to run. I know some people are wondering what happened to the whole prizes, but just because everything was kind of hectic at the beginning, we never actually got them out there. So we just yeah, decided we to, we raffled oh. off all the carbon four stuff. It was incredible. Man, I got to say Friday. Thanks to everyone that came out to the Zone Golf Scramble. I got to give a big shout out to Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. I do love me some Grant Bills. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, just they like to poke fun at Grant Bills a little bit. He's a younger guy. It's easy to poke fun at the younger guys when they're cutting their teeth in radio. You know, you got to you gotta kind of, I don't want to say haze. We got to like vet them. You know, you got to vet them, right? I don't want to say haze them. We got to vet them. And one of my, Grant Bills always calls me his radio dad. I've always told Grant I want to make a man out of him. I want to man him up a little bit. You know, we've seen those cross-country photos of Grant, and it's a little tough with those short shorts. We've seen him running those routes. That was kind of tough. Short pants. Sorry, short pants, as Dave from Monona said. But speaking of Dave from Monona, you know, Dave from Monona, if you know anything about Dave from Monona, is, uh, he's very boisterous. He's blind. He's got two glass eyes. been blind since he was, uh, what, 10 years old, I do believe. And he's very opinionated, Dave from Monona. And he likes call. I mean, Dave Renona gets his rocks off by calling into sports radio shows and just saying the craziest stuff. I mean, sometimes it's not crazy, but a very, very brash. I would say, very brash individual. Well, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show stepped up to the plate. And what did he do, Rowdy? He drove from La Crosse, Wisconsin to Monona, picked up Dave, then drove to Coachman's Country Club in beautiful Edgerton, Wisconsin, then drove Dave around in a golf cart. In 90-degree heat from when they get there on, like, 11.45 and then 4 o'clock when the Wisco Sports Show started. So Grant then drove him around. Then Grant had to get back into his car and drive to Minneapolis to then go to get on a flight to go to Montana because he was on vacation this week. And young Ben Kenny, who is in our group, is going to be doing the Wisco Sports Show this week. But during all of Grant's driving around of Dave from Monona, and he was mostly by our group, right, because... You know, they're going around. I would say Dave trolled us probably for 12 out of our 18 holes. Yeah. Dave was just nonstop on us, screaming, hooting, and hollering about everything. Now, he can't see because obviously he's blind. But Grant Bills made a great supercut of his day with Dave from Monona, and I wanted to play it for everyone. It's only 44 seconds long. Take a listen to Dave. Uh, I'm in the video. Young Ben Kenny's in the video. Nell, you're in the video. And of course, Grant Bills. Now, when he yells a lot at someone golfing, it's mostly at Ben Kenny. Take a listen to the 44-second clip of uh, the Supercut that is Grant's day with Dave at the Zone Golf Scramble on Friday at Coachman's. Today's goal is to turn Grant into a man. All right. Ben Kenny at the tee box. As he concentrates, pretends to be a golfer, wiggles his ass. I'm one of the greatest tippers there are. Just a tip? How much, what percentage do you What have? percent normally? If they're good, 30%. Ooh, you are a good tipper, Dave. I just gave her a 50% tip. Well, that's just this generation. They want handouts. Yes. I bet you miss. Here's Ben Kenny at the tee box. In the trees. Don't get nervous. <laughs> you saw that one. You suck. <laughs> he barely got it off the tee box. Hey, drop the shorts, buddy. Call mom. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little snippet of Dave from Monona. It was a uh, dude at the time of his life. I'll say that. Just a little update here for the Milwaukee Brewers. So Ugh. since that Josh Hader trade, they're Ugh. one in five. Ugh. They got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates and they lost two out of three to the Cincinnati Reds. 
by the way, two of the bottom feeders in the NL Central and two of the lesser teams in Major League Baseball. But not only that, but at the same time, the St. Louis Cardinals have won seven in a row. They beat the Yankees. Was it 12 to seven? Yeah, they they swept the Yankees. Can I give you some bad news too, Rowdy? The Brewers are now two games out of first place of the NL Central. And when you look at the NL wildcard teams, you know who has just taken the Brewers over for a wildcard spot? The San Diego Padres, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the, the Atlanta Braves. I've already been up there. Yeah, here's and here's a little fact about the uh, Cardinals sweeping the RJ. New York Yankees. Yankees have sw- or the Cardinals have swept the Yankees for the first time in franchise history. Oh my god. They are a season high 12 games over 500. They've won a season best 7 straight games. No. They've won 9 of their last 10 and they're 2 games up in the Central. Also, before they oh. traded Josh Hader, let's not forget the Brewers had about a week or so ago, a four game lead they did. in the central. And if you remember the last time we were in studio, just cause Friday hey, we, we were live at location from uh coachman's golf resort for that outing. The brewers were the favorite to win the central. And if they you were. remember, I was a little, uh, I thought that was a little surprising when I go, I think you'd probably want to put a little money down on St. Louis. Uh huh. At that time, mm. last Thursday, mm. the Brewers were a minus one forty-five favorite, and the Cardinals were coming back at plus one ten as the second best odds to win the Central. As of Monday, August eighth oh, at no. six fifteen in the morning, Uh-oh. the Cardinals are now currently a minus two ten favorite, and the Brewers are coming back with a plus one sixty. Oh, God. And there's this that rowdy. was not very long ago. Well, it was Friday. We were talking about that. Also, this rowdy. Uh, we were talking about this on Friday. I was looking at five thirty eight, the projection website. Uh, they gave the Brewers, I think it was a forty nine percent chance of winning the division, a fifty one percent chance going to the Cardinals. Well, uh, updated as of today. Now at six 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 sixteen. Excuse me. The Cardinals and some people are going to say nice because of the number, but it's not nice. The Cardinals have a sixty nine percent chance of winning the division. The Brewers thirty one percent. The Cardinals an 84 percent chance of winning the division. The Brewers fifty six percent of making much, the playoffs. Look how much of a swing that was in in right. half a week, four days. Sixty nine percent to win the division for the Cardinals. Eighty four percent to make the playoffs. The Brewers thirty one percent to win the division. Fifty six percent to make the playoffs. On Friday, on Friday the Brewers had the edge in almost all of those. Now, hey. Oh, by the way, the- and then that also you have to pair that with the fact that um, Ananasio and David Stearns also coming out oh, and we're, saying we're how we're going to get to this. We're, they we're they weren't sellers. We're gonna we're rowdy. We're gonna get to this. Today is a scream into the abyss kind of day about the Milwaukee Brewers because I it's it's labored love. This is tough. And what else did we have before the the trade of Josh Hader Rowdy? Devin Williams was on a scoreless streak, uh, forty innings without or forty appearances without a home run. It was at thirty three innings without a run. Devin Williams, ever since Hader was traded, and that video came out of Devin Williams looking all dejected and not knowing to do or say about himself, he is now like a shell of himself. What has happened to Devin Williams? Did he punch another wall or well, something? He still remember the interview right after they traded Josh Hader. Yeah, he was like a he was like shell shock. I feel like he still looks like that when he's on the mound pitching. He's like wide eyed, can't comprehend that he's the man now. Some people when they become the man, when the spotlight gets on them, they 
they rise up to the occasion. Other guys, when the spotlight gets on them, they shrink. You know what I actually thought of this morning when I woke up and I'm like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Obviously, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and quite a bit about it. Mm-hmm. I thought about, man, if they don't make the playoffs, this will probably be the worst season just for the ups and downs since 2014. I was thinking the same thing. 2014 at the All-Star break, though, weren't they like seven games? Yeah, the, in the first couple up? months of the season, they were like the best team in baseball. If They're you juggernauts. Yeah, and it looked like they were going to be some really great team and then just completely crapped out in the second half of the season and finished 82-80. Mm-hmm. and 80. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also, if you remember that, oh God, that team, nowhere near as good no. of a pitching staff. Not at all. You would say just overall for skill wise at the position. Yeah, they did have like the uh, Ryan Bronze of the world. They still had, you know, like the the Ricky Weeks and, and players like that. But still, I would say that this team currently no, is more no. talented. Now, that team, if you remember, they did have an anchor around their neck, but it wasn't a Christian Yelich contract. It was Wang Chong Wang. Wang Chong Wang, baby. The Wang guy Chong that Wang they Wednesdays. were trying to hide in the bullpen all season. Hell yeah. He had a pink suitcase. I remember that from spring training. Oh. <laughs> but that, that was the first thing that went through my head when I woke up this morning and said, what are we going to talk Oops, about? Uh, dude. <laughs> it was, is this team really going to pull a 2014? Yes. I thought, dude, I was on the... Last night, after a reality set in that the Brewers lost the rubber match to the Reds and extras, I said to myself, "Is this 2014 all over again?" Yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about that Red series, and we can even glob it on with the Pirate series because there's oh, yeah. some pretty sad statistics We're out there. We're globbing on today, and just wait till I play the comments from Mark Adonazio about how the Brewers weren't in the business of saving money. They were trying to make moves to better the team for now and for the future. And then David Stearns comes out to say, actually, our payroll went up when we signed Trevor Rosenthal. He has a, a guy that hasn't pitched played in since two years. 2020. He hasn't pitched in two years. Need a lot to drink watching the friggin' Milwaukee Brewers, dude. One and four, uh, one and five after the Josh Hader trade. They got swept by the Pirates and lost the series to the Reds. So if we just talk about that first series, Pirates swept in three games. It was also a series in which in three games, the Brewers had the lead in every single series or in, sorry, in every single game Mm -hmm. yet the bullpen blew every single game. I was told that the Josh Hader trade was actually, you know, a team that was trying to win in the postseason, a team that was trying to get better, but clearly the bullpen both, uh, talent wise and mental wise is no better than where it was. It's definitely much worse when you took away one of the best relievers in baseball and just the mindset that that gave everyone. We could, we could tell by the end of last week, even before we had our outing in the studio, all the interviews that they were doing from earlier in like the week, dealing. they had Ugh. this, this just like this deer stare. in the headlight. Look, this just, stare like they weren't there and they pitched and played like it and then when you look at the Cincinnati Reds that series like what game did they play well in outside of the one they won they looked terrible and again the bullpen wasn't good their defense wasn't good 
And I think the biggest thing for me is the offense. Cause we saw that that offense was just humming on all cylinders, right out of the, the all-star break pre Josh Hader trade. Yeah. They were averaging like over eight runs a game. And it looked like, Hey, you add a big bat. They're going to really just go here. Well, then they trade away. Josh Hader <laughs> offense has a lot more to be desired. But I think one of the big things is the Cincinnati reds have arguably the worst bullpen in baseball. Their team ERA out of the bullpen is the only team in major league baseball with an ERA over five. Their bullpen ERA this season is five. Oh, four. Now they're dead last. If you go by ERA, but if you go by whip, which is walks and hits per innings pitched, they're second to last. It's clearly the worst bullpen in baseball. And it's a team that even traded away some of their players at the deadline. So in theory, they got worse just in general because they're looking to rebuild and they're already one of the, they're the worst bullpen, but in three games, three games, one, two, three, how many runs do you think the Brewers scored off of the worst bullpen in baseball? Uh, four close three, <laughs> three runs off of the worst bullpen in baseball in three games. They oh. average one run off the bullpen. And it's <sighs> not like, it's Someone not like me. if you go back and look, these Cincinnati red starters were all of a sudden going seven, eight innings. The bullpen was still logging quite a few innings and the Milwaukee Brewers offense was not doing anything. They I couldn't know, score. Sh- shocking. The Brewers offense don't do anything. Them. Shocking, shocking, shocking. Remember earlier in the season, Rowdy, when they played against the Reds and just throttle them? And, like, the bullpen would come in for the Reds and be like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And then the Brewers would just pwn them. Well, now they have the day off. They actually have two days off this week. Yeah. And then they go on a – so they have two – today off. Then then they play a two-game series with the Rays in Milwaukee. Rays. Then they have another day off. Then they start a stretch of 18 games in 18 days. So – It's not cutting time for the Brewers. And Tampa right now – 58 and 50 on the season. Now they are a bad road team. Yeah. They're they not have a road, below right. 500 record on the road, but still we can say, Oh yeah, they don't play good. Well, ball the Rays on the road, are 25 and 29 on the road. Milwaukee hasn't played good ball since this trade. They haven't looked the same since this trade. I just couldn't believe that, you know, <laughs> Mark Ananasio and, David Stearns tried to sell you the bill of false goods. Uh That is, well, we actually did improve the bullpen or at least made it still a winner. And we improved our team for the long term. But then since then you got swept against the pirates who are terrible. I mean, that's an understatement. You had the lead in every single one of those games and you could not hold it. And you went one and two against the Reds, who are terrible, and your bullpen sucked. <laughs> you could not score against their crap. And the bullpen, bullpen is what you bolstered, quote unquote, in this trade deadline. And besides trading away Josh Hader, the offense <laughs> didn't look great. No, nothing looks good. The only time it looked good was when the 1982 team came out and was honored on Friday. Hell, I know the Brewers love trotting out the 1982 team because it's their like their one crowning achievement of losing in the World Series. If that's the case, then by God, honor them every single home game and get us into the playoffs. It's the only time they win. After trading Josh Hader, 
Jeez, mister. And the Milwaukee Brewers are still on pace to have well over 2 million fans again this year. Oh, my. I actually saw something that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I was watching uh, MLB Network over the weekend. It was uh, pretty nice to watch MLB Network while you were uh, going through the hangovers. Yeah, you got the hangs. But the one thing I saw that was very interesting was over the past week for Major League Baseball attendance, the average crowd for attendance was over 35,000 people a game. And it was actually the highest mark for any particular week since the before times, since 2019 opening day weekend. Wow. So I guess people are still showing up, not only for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, but just for everyone in the big leagues in general to have their most populated uh, week of baseball since 2019 opening weekend. Hey, nature is healing, Rowdy. The earth is healing. I feel like um, Milwaukee will still easily get two plus million uh, fans. Yeah, for sure. You guys are figuring that out. I'm going to have to say that I bet there is going to be a lot less if they continue to play this way. Or just people get more drunk in the parking lot before they go in to watch what's in front of them. One or the other. Milwaukee Brewers, though, when you talk about attendance, they've hit three million three times. Do you have those times up? Yep. I have them both. The first time that the Milwaukee Brewers ever hit 3 million fans in a season, 2008. It was the year that they acquired CC Sabathia, yeah. made that great Makes second sense. half run, made the postseason. The very next season is the second year, so it was probably off of the highs of the CC Sabathia. Hey, we're back. Have a lot of the same guys returning. Should be pretty good. Yeah. That year they got over three million, and then the final third and final time is 2011, okay. the year that they ended up going to the NLCS and David Freese beat oh, them. Oh, Dave! Hmm. But in 2018, it was 2018. Uh, looks like it was 2.85 million. Oh, so they're getting close. 2019, 2.92 million. Interesting. But yes, now we have John messaging in and saying, hey, Johnny. speaking of tickets, I gave away my Brewer tickets yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Green Bay Packers, Rowdy. Family night on Friday. Darnell Savage injured. Darnell Savage with the hamstring injury. One-on-one matchups between receivers and defensive backs early in practice. That was, uh, I guess, the biggest hiccup while he was trying to cover Amari Rodgers. Watch the rest of the practice from the sideline. Ice wrapped around his right leg. He said he doesn't think it's a major concern. Matt LaFleur on the podium yesterday uh, after they had practice said it's not a long-term thing. They'll handle it the right way. So right now, the other complaint, though, not uh, injury with Darnell Savage, is early in camp, Packers' defense have been huge. And Matt LaFleur has been saying without one David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins that the offensive line needs to find their way. And again, Matt LaFleur saying at practice yesterday that the line really needs to get it together. Positive stuff, though. Well, don't you think that's like kind of something you would you would have thought if there was going to be an issue would be offensive line just because you're talking about the first family night practice, the yeah. first real. It's just a practice. It's a glorified yeah, practice. Yeah, it's a glorified practice, but it's like the first real live hard go in front of people. Yeah. You have David Bakhtiari not playing. He's clearly a top five left tackle when healthy. Is he ever going to play again? You have Elton Jenkins not playing, who is clearly one of the 
best and most versatile offensive lineman in football. And did you restock on a guys with a lot of talent and upside in the draft? Yeah, yeah. But they're also guys that have never played yet before. And, and then you're talking about how he, Myers is, is just in his second year. Uh-huh. He missed time as a rookie. You, you talk about John Runyon, who was a six round pick. He's only in his third year. Like it's a very, very young and inexperienced offensive line, but it also has a lot of talent. It does. So it's just inexperienced. Yeah. Telling me that they looked inexperienced and have room to grow after the first real live bullet practice where you're out in front of people makes sense. I'm not worried at all. No. I mean, the Packers, they got depth on that line. It's just, you wish you had, you know, David Bakhtiari, who I don't even know if he's going to play again, but Elton Jenkins, he's going to be back. I mean, he's, he's doing a lot better as the ACL recovery than David Bakhtiari is. So you have that, uh, Matt LaFleur kind of lamenting about the offensive line, but you know, it's kind of been the Packers bread and butter these past couple of years. They're always good at restocking the cupboards. Uh, also some positive news. Well, real quick, is that a credit then to the defense rowdy? Well, that's the other thing. You're also talking about a really, really good defensive line. You're talking about pretty dang good outside linebackers and just a good defense in general. Hasn't everyone been saying top five defense this year, top five defense this year? Yes. So then it makes a little bit of sense if you have an experienced, an inexperienced offensive line that is younger with some injuries on it. And we've already talked about some of the, the question marks at wide receiver and tight end makes sense that the defense would go out and dominate or at least, at least they should on paper as well. It most definitely does. All right. So then there's this, wouldn't you think it would be a weird thing if all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers and the offense came out and just absolutely dominated the defense. Yes. Cause then you'd be wondering what the hell's going on. With the would, defense. would you feel more confident? Would you feel more confident about the offense if they came out and did that or more of a what the hell's going on with the defense more because, of a what the hell's going on with the defense because it's i think it's, it's practice yeah, and it's, i think everything that we saw and and heard from family night is kind of what you expect the defense was better than the offense but i think that was everything that we figured would go into this season yes like if it was completely flipped on its head i feel like i would have more questions I am I'm in agreement with you on that one. Uh, we'll get to Quay Walker talking about he doesn't call the defense defense rowdy. He was calling it the wee fence. The wee fence. How you feel so far? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Just still trying to get comfortable as much as I can and just go from there. I see you taking all the snaps with uh, Mike Clemens, our guy. And then you're busy during special teams as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, my role is pretty much something I already expected. So uh, anything the team needs me to do, uh, I'm willing to do my best to fulfill that role. Thursday, you get on a plane, go to California. Ever played a football game in California? No, nah, first time to do that. First time. Yeah, and then against the 49ers. So any discussion yet about what that's really going to be like, full pads against a 49ers team that they fly around in their preseason. They don't hold back their veterans. Uh, yeah, uh, we haven't started game planning or nothing like that on them, but uh, as you just said, I'm sure they're a pretty good team when doing so. What are your thoughts? Are you excited? you want to show some things? you want to take care of your own curiosity, what this is really going to be like? Uh, yeah, I'm excited uh, to be playing a game of football to actually get into a full contact type of environment again. Uh, just to go from there to see where I'm at. The Wee Fence with Quay Walker, the inside linebacker. 
Is that one of the question marks too, right, Rowdy, uh, for that defense that's supposed to be so good this season is the inside linebacking unit? I think I I really do think it is just because you have the defensive line. You have a lot of proven veterans like Kenny Clark is one of the top five yeah. nose tackles in football. Yeah, we know what guys like Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry and cats like that are going to do. They're going to be solid. But then you look at the secondary and you know, Jair Alexander is going to be good. Eric Stokes had a great rookie year. Rasul Douglas. Yeah. You, you hope can be solid in that uh, Fingers crossed. slot as the third corner. And then we know that Savage has been serviceable and that Amos has been a really good safety. Well, Savage since, got that hamstring injury now. But. Since signing, but I'm talking about just in general, yeah, yeah. all things healthy. The one question mark is Devondre Campbell. Is he a one-hit wonder? Mm-hmm. He was an average player every other stop. Yeah. People question whether scheme fits were were a thing or not and said he fit a lot better with the Green Bay Packers. He did have a hell of a season last year. But then if if you think about that, the reason why it's such a question mark is because it only was one year. <laughs> and say he doesn't pan out this year. A five now year you have to go on. to Quay Walker, which is an unproven rookie. Never played in the NFL before. Nope. Who knows how good he's going to be. And then Chris Barnes... Chris Barnes, we know what he is. He's a serviceable linebacker. It's not like ideally you would like him being your middle linebacker. If he's going to be your middle linebacker, your defense will not be top 10. Mm -hmm. But if he's your third inside linebacker, you could have a pretty dang good inside linebacking core. The Wii fence. Excited to see as Packers get their first preseason game coming up here. On Friday, as you heard Mike Clemens talking to Quay Walker about that against the Niners. We'll uh, we'll dive into that as the week progresses here. And also get into the offense for the Green Bay Packers as they were turning some heads for family night. It was, uh, what, over 50,000 people were in attendance at family night. Jordan Love was doing some good things. I've really seen them hyping up Jordan Love a lot these past couple days. Here. I have as well. Like I've, I've been noticing them hyping up Jordan Love a lot on the social media campaign. I think it's because they're, you know, they see the end of Aaron Rodgers coming up here. But if it's if Rodgers is here for what? 2, 3 more years. What's left on Love's contract? What does he got left? Does he have two uh, I think it matches up perfectly does where it? if if Aaron Rodgers is here for 3 more years, Jordan Love could cuz this is his third year, right? Yeah, yep, it is. So third year then next year would be his fourth clearly and then since he was a first round pick there is a this, fifth year option. Okay. So that does line up. They're really hyping. I mean, you saw it. They're hyping the hell up out of Jordan Love. Fourth round pick. Having a sensational training camp. Aaron Rodgers telling reporters every day, every single day, Romeo Dobbs has made at least one wow play. That's what I'm talking about, Rowdy. This is a guy we've been high on for quite some time. Hell, you were even high on him before the Packers even drafted him. And then... This is a guy that's, I hope, going to be jumping off. Now, do you think he'll be, no, it's hard to say, yay or nay, but a rookie wide receiver really making an impact, uh, what, like a Justin Jefferson? Will he have a, well, let's go to the NFC North. Will he have a Justin Jefferson-like trajectory here? <laughs> I mean, he's a fourth-round pick. No. No? You just don't Aaron see. Aaron Rodgers, a wow play every day from Romeo You just Dubs. don't see Justin Jefferson's and Jamar Chase's every year. We know that even as rookies, a lot of times some of these high-profile guys struggle 
or they'll just show flashes. Uh-huh. So to think that he's going to come in and be a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson when there hasn't been many Jamar Chase or Justin Jeffersons prior to those guys. Yeah. That's quite so the, the big shoes expectations. to fill here. But maybe he's going to have an opportunity to do so. Look at the Packers wide receiving core. Romeo Dobbs can Dobbs. come in and, and and if he can play to the level of like a, a true wide receiver number two, and maybe he fits in behind Alan Lazard, how much better or how much, yeah, how much better do you feel about the receiving core if he's a legit player? You're feeling really good about it. Like, you know, Alan Lazard is a legit player. He's not a number one wide receiver by the sense of, you know, him being a top, top wide receiver. Well, if you look around the NFL, but but on the Packers, the Packers, he's probably going to be. He is a NFL player, a serviceable player that has a good chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. If Romeo Dobbs can get on somewhat to that level, and then you know you have you know what you have in Cobb and you know what you have in Watkins and some of these other older veterans, that makes you feel a lot more confident and a lot better about that receiving core than if it was Alan Lazard, maybe Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb couldn't stay healthy, Dobbs, Watson, all the other, you know, rookie wide receivers kind of went bust or didn't have great seasons. Yeah. Makes you feel a lot different about that receiving core. Totally. Not that I feel like they're all of a sudden a top 10 receiving core, but hey, maybe they aren't in the bottom five with like the likes of the Chicago Bears. (laughs) Who are going to be just putrid this year. Here's a quote from Aaron Rodgers. Every single day, there's been at least one wow play. And that's rare for a young guy like that on Romeo Dobbs. Rodgers continues saying, quote, we've had some guys over the years do that, but they are all in the top 10 of Packers receiving history. Good start for him on Romeo Dobbs, a.k.a. Dubs. Rodgers says we've had guys over the years do this, but they are all in the top 10 of Packers receiving history. Yeah, and basically the guys that he's talking about are the... Donald Drivers, the Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. This is huge compliment for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dobbs is now the apple of Rodgers' eye, besides some ayahuasca and blue of earth. Matt LaFleur said, and I quote, yeah. Do you think Jawan Winfrey is a little uh, upset here? Uh, he got a big <laughs> moon ball from Rodgers. I was reading about Remember, remember, so Aaron Rodgers always liked Alan Lazard, right? Oh, yeah. And then he's started playing, started making some plays. But then there was the guy where it was like, oh, you heard he was like a baller in practice, Juwan Winfrey. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers really liked him. And then he got out there last year, and when he did play, there was a lot more to be desired. But you heard a lot about him in practice. Yeah. You haven't heard as much about him. It's it's all Dobbs. Dobbs, Dobbs, Dobbs. Dobbs. Winfrey's probably feeling a little upset. <laughs> Oh, you better step it up then. And isn't it always like there's one apple to Aaron Rodgers' eye during like the oh, yeah. spring camp and oh, the summer yeah. camps and all this stuff? Hey, Rodgers has unconditional. About, don't forget about uh, Kumro. Oh, Jay Kumro, touchdown Jesus, whitewater Jesus, yeah. But don't forget, Rowdy, Rodgers now has unconditional love for everyone after his ayahuasca adventures. He said that all he can do is give his teammates unconditional love. Matt LaFleur said this about Romeo Dobbs. Romeo is the first one in the building. He is in his locker room getting primed. I see him in the weight room getting his body and mind ready. He's already kind of established a routine for himself, and I think that's one of the things that rookies have a hard time finding. And once they do that, they can take off. Romeo Dubs, according to the, uh, head coach Matt LaFleur. Randall Cobb 
signing his uh, seal of approval for Romeo Dobbs. Nobody knows his ceiling just yet. He has a lot of tangibles, a lot of special gifts. That's potential. We all know potential is one thing. It's going to take a little bit of time to figure out how good he is going to be, though. But he has the pieces. We never want to set too high of expectations for people, but he's shown some flashes. Even Jordan Love, Rowdy, getting him the nod of approval for Romeo Dobbs. Just the way he's catching the ball, Love said. He's making these uh, contested catches and those tough plays. He's making them look easy, and it's not easy to do. If you can make Jordan Love look good, then, my God, you've got to be a good wide receiver. No, there were a lot of people talking up Jordan Love with some of the throws that he's made, and then there was a couple videos. Now, it was only like two or three throws that I saw in all the videos, but still... A lot of hype for Jordan Love saying how his footwork looks better. Oh, they're, they're ranting and raving better. about the footwork. Oh, he's you should see the footwork of this guy. Now the real question. He's advanced, Polka. The real question for Jordan Love is, are we going to see him in the preseason? Because remember 2020 when he gets drafted. Who's the backer's third quarterback? I can't remember. There was clearly no preseason because of the, the COVID shortened whatever. Yeah. He didn't get to play at all. Then in 2021, remember, they shortened the preseason down to three games. And in the first game, he played, what was it, like a quarter or two? Yeah. And then he was supposed to play the half against the Bills, which he did. Yeah. And then wasn't it like he got banged up and was injured, so he missed one of the other games? So he only played like a total of like four quarters in preseason football in the last two years. <laughs> then he had the Chiefs game, Oof. which was live bullets. Good thing his mom was all the way up in nosebleeds because she couldn't see that one. And then he got two quarters of the uh, Detroit Lion game. <laughs> so like his entire NFL live bullets, live action have been about four preseason quarters and one and a half, or I guess you would say six real live bullet quarters in game. That's only 10 quarters of professional football. But if you see this footwork at family night, damn. Woo. We're going on three years here though. Dude's got hell's footwork though, Rowdy. He can do the do do the two-step. He can polka with the best one. He can line dance. He can even do the Macarena. Like he's got to stay healthy and at least play here in the preseason. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the third string quarterback for the Packers, Danny Etling. I forgot about him. You think we're going to see some Danny Etling? A lot of people have. What do we think Friday night against the Niners? Are we going to see Rodgers at all? I would assume not. It's probably going to be like a half of love and a half of Etling. <sighs> Better than the Brewers right now. What'd you rather watch? Jordan Love and Danny Etling trying to fight their way out of a wet paper bag or the Milwaukee Brewers on life support right now? So how long do we give the crew until we go full-time football mode? Well, and I said, well, the Packers' first preseason game is Friday. Yeah, so there it is. I think if the—what's if the, what's the cutoff point here to really start saying F you to the Brewers? By Friday, which is the first preseason game for the <coughs> Packers, do they have to be a certain game threshold below— for or uh, you know behind first place above first place like what what's the cutoff point here until we say screw you guys I'm trying uh, to think what so like three games below it's still just the second week of August here yeah there's 55 games left I think yeah they still have plenty plenty of time it's not like they are completely dead and buried but just the overall vibe and the feel from the team feels, since the trade done. deadline just feels dead feels done yeah uh, but what would I realistically say. Man, if they entered September still out like five games, I think it's over. This is tough, dude. All right, let's go to the phones. Mark Adonazio coming up. Let's go to the phones. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? 
What's up, boy? Hey, Polly, all the way up in Marinette. What's up, brother? You know who the only people surprised by the Brewers are? Brewers fans? Yes. I don't, are we though? And no, I, and, we're just I, and I love it. I love it because you guys had so much hope and optimism for so long. And now it's like, now you're reverting to. It's football season, baby. Now it's time for the Packers to inevitably disappoint us. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, even even with Hater, they weren't doing anything in the playoffs, anyways. I, I mean, they're they're far off the. I don't know if you're trying to make us feel better or just stick it in a little more. I can't decide. Well, it's kind of a com- it's a combination of the two. Sometimes there's some pleasure with pain. You know what I mean? It's like it's a fine here, line. Polly, this will work for you because here's what I take pleasure in. Uh, I've said this as when the Brewers were in the doldrums, not even make a playoffs. Like I don't care what happens to the Brewers as long as they finish ahead of the Cubs. And right now, Polly, my pain or your your pain could be my pleasure. The Cubs are dead last in the NL Central. My pain, I have no pain. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I got to see him win a World Series before yeah, I die. That's true. So that's pretty sweet. I don't know if that'll um, happen with me and the Brewers. Well, you know who knows. Who knows? But uh, as far as how'd the golf outing go? Who won it? So. The team Ashley stole in foursome won 16 under again this year, got it done. Six, Polly, our group was two under. Oh. Wow. Oh, hey. Hey, our goal was, though, to break par, so we did it. And well, we didn't and cheat. No cheating. All right. And That's if anything, we probably should have been afforded a few extra strokes just from having Dave from Monona trolling our foursome pretty much the entire round of golf. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, I gotta say, you guys, you're gonna be shocked at how good the Bears are this year, Polly. I know, Polly. I know you think they're gonna suck, and they're not gonna. They're, Polly, they're not if gonna wi- your wide receivers, if they aren't getting arrested, they're getting hurt. And one of the ones yeah, that got arrested they, got what hurt. Are they, what are they getting arrested for? It's not like they're freaking Deshaun Watson or something. No, you know it's just like, like you know, passing asleep, passing out in your car, getting caught with guns and you know, a bunch of marijuana. Others. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, in a Taco Bell drive through Are you gonna Are you gonna go to marijuana? Really? No, no. That's what he got arrested for. Okay. I'm hey, not, listen, hey, I think it should be legal, but I'm saying that's he what he might, got arrested for. He might have a gun or whatever. It actually was even, three. It was actually three guns. Why have only one? Touche. I have more. Than, need, I have more than one. So there you go. You might have. I just don't carry it around with them when I pass out in a Taco Bell drive through with a bunch of weed on me. Well, maybe it was really good. <laughs> also, one just was it Nikhil Harry just got hurt. Severely? Yeah, he, and his sounds like it's pretty severe. But then Byron Pringle, who was one of their pickups this year, during this off season, also got arrested, they, and now he's also hurt. They expect him to be back by week one. <laughs> I'm telling you, they got they got Komet. They've got. They're not going to do anything special. You stopped but they're that for Komet. I noticed they're going to be they're going to be hard. Like the Lions were to last watch. year. Like the Lions were last year. They're going to lose a lot of games they should probably win, but it's going to be stepping. You're going to be here's, able to build up. Here's what I can't wait for, Polly, for it to get underway. It's getting close. I can't wait for the, the actual games and the more uh, banter for NFL. I love it. Oh, for sure. And I have a theory also about um, Charlie's. Oh, Jerry Kelly? With Jerry Kelly? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know who Jerry Kelly is, but. <laughs> Well, it probably went something like this. Hey, hey, aren't you Jerry Kelly? And the guy's like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. I know who you are. You're Jerry Kelly. You're the golfer. You're Jerry Kelly. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. 
Yes, you are. You don't have to live. And then all of a sudden, he's like, let me buy you a beer. And then all of a sudden, the guy's like, yeah, I'm Jerry Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, we love you, buddy. So, so Paul, backstory. Jerry Kelly is a professional golfer from Madison. Yeah. And we we had just tracked down that he was actually playing in a golf tournament in in Alberta, Alberta, Canada over the weekend. (laughs) Well, anything's possible. You know technology. Yep, anything is possible. We love you, Paulie. Later, boys. See you, buddy. Yeah, line uh, four, Chad, in order. Good morning, Wisco Chad. I think that's you. Good morning, gentlemen. What's up, brother? I'm just, I'm, I'm uh, loving life. I'm always up? loving life. When do we give up on the Brewers when they traded here? That's, <laughs> they gave up on themselves. Uh, I'll tell you the moment that I said this team is done. I posted it on Twitter, but I'll, uh, I'll get to it a little later. But yeah, this this last week that was is tough. Well, yesterday, yesterday was probably kind of the. <laughs> I mean, the, the bullpen's collapsed. What is it? Three of the first. It's bad. Three series. Between the so bullpen and the defense, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, it's, and like you suck the wind out of that bullpen. I yeah, I, I don't know. It's, so are we are, are we full on Packers uh, mode then, Chad? Sure. <laughs> that, that's not very convincing. <laughs> I, I drove by. I drove by Miller Park yesterday, and it was packed. And I'm just sad. Uh, it's I'm American just, Family so Field, Chad. Yeah, whatever they call it. There, there, therein lies the proof of the pudding. And the money matters more than anything. Just wait till I play some Mark Adonazio comments coming up here. Why can't I have like? Uh, why can't I think of his name, Mr. Davis? It's just win, baby. Just win. Al, Al Davis? Davis? Just win, Al, baby. Just win, uh, baby. Yeah, that's not happening with the crew. Chad, we love you, buddy. He also had the commitment to excellence, which I don't know if we can really say that after the deadline. Yeah. Chad, Hope Springs Eternal, preseason game one, Friday. You guys, Niners, Packers. You guys get your, you guys get your comments rolling, or get your uh, Ananasio comments rolling. All right. You got it. Yeah. Right, see you, buddy. One more for Mark. Line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, morning, boys. Corey from Murphy. Hey, Corey. Doing great, man. How are you? I'll let you get going real quick here, but I just wanted to chime in and say I agree with uh, you as a follow-up to what I was asking about. I think uh, Rowdy's... Oh, yeah. Your comment is when do we give up with the Brewers? When do we give up on the Brewers? I'd say Labor Day probably should just be the touch point because that's, you know, traditionally you're in the summer, so it's kind of like, okay, this is a summer game. It's a summer, you know, summer sport. I guess they look dead in the water right now. You know, like in the concept that the big J's are typically saying is that, well, here alone being traded wasn't the problem. It's like, well, it's everything, though, that that said to the rest of the team. And like Rowdy touched on is that, like, now they look like the wind kind of got taken out of their sails a bit. And they've had one week to process it now. And I think on my end, I'm just going to say, okay, it's done now. And it's kind of like going through the five stage of grief. Now we're in the acceptance phase. So we'll see what they could do going forward here. But um, I give them the rest of this month, and then that's obviously beginning of football season anyway. So I guess it's kind of like saying, well, yeah. I'll wait until football season actually starts. But um, chances it turned around and collapsed in a week, it could go the other way. I don't expect it to happen like that, <laughs> but it can. I mean, Correct. It's just like saying, they say what goes up must come down, and I'm going like to do the reverse saying, then. What goes down must come up, maybe? Yeah, it's like saying the Bears won't suck, 
but they probably will suck. Like, it's possible they won't be terrible, but let's be real. They They're are going to be terrible. terrible. Yeah. yeah, that's the reality of the situation. Oh, I not like that. Corey, it's just, reality, it's just, reality just hit me like a frying pan in the face. You just compared yeah. the Milwaukee Brewers to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. It's gonna, Rick Flair it's, said, you may not like it, but athletics. you better learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. Woo! Corey, Jeez, you weren't boys. possibly the person that was confused for Jerry Kelly over uh, on Friday, were you? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't run into any little little skinny guys with the hair, so I don't think it was me. But I saw a few guys around there that probably could have been a doppelganger. Hey. So it's a distinct possibility. Corey, thanks so much for coming out. It was really nice to meet you in person no at, the, at, the, at Edgerton. And see you, buddy. Had a great time. Enjoy see the day, guys. See yeah. Take it easy. Bye. That's funny. <laughs> so we can check him off the yeah, list. Check him off the list. It was not him. We do have a... Uh, I'll have an update on it a little later of uh, our guy Daniel in Stoughton just hit me up uh, something about what had happened at the golf course. Uh, but first, Margaret and Ozio, I got to get to some of these comments here. Um, we'll, we'll play some, pause it, play some, pause it, react. Uh, he talks on the Josh Hader trade and his response to the criticism that this was uh, financially driven and of the clubhouse reaction. Here is uh, Mark Ananasio, the Brewers' principal owner. About being in uh, I guess we had crawled asleep for what two years maybe, and then you know we made a mid-season trade and Journal Sentinel cover major types of so long slugger, and you know it's painful because we all obviously all of us at the team and all of us in the community get attached to the players. So you know, last several years here, you know, the guys we all got quite attached to was Josh Hader. Uh, we get a call from uh, David Stearns and Matt Arnold saying there's something we want to do with Josh. Ash sat down. <laughs> All right, so hang on. I'm pausing right there. So Stearns calls up Adonazio and says, yo, we got a deal for Hater here. The first thing Mark Adonazio has to do is sit down. That usually means don't do it. <laughs> like, if you get news that makes you, like, sit down, chances are, you know, that's your gut. Like it's like you're getting punched in the gut. You're like, oh, and you're the owner of the team. You can say no. Yeah, also, you can. is this potentially him throwing Stearns under the bus, oh. saying it was Stearns' idea to get rid of him? Sure sounds like it. Well, let me hit play again. So, um, you know, it's interesting. My first many years here, which I think has continued to this day, I've been I was criticized that you know I stuck my nose in too much. And so now maybe I'd be criticized for not sticking my nose in enough because, you know, how I feel as a fan and how the fans feel to like Josh Go versus guys who need to do their job. We've done a terrific job here. You know, they made a move they wanted to make and they hope to make other moves. So, you know. Pause right there. He's saying he had nothing to do with that. He said, well, I was first criticized for sticking my nose in too much. No, not enough. He's a he's he's in the business of making money, correct? Like he's in the money making business. Yeah. Do you guys think trading away one of the best pieces on your team when you could have waited till the off season to do it was a a a smart business move or a bad business move when it comes to making money? I.e., the winning the central, maybe selling gear, more tickets, and getting the playoffs, selling more tickets. Gear. Well, there was no upside for more fans coming out because most likely your team was going to get worse, right? Yeah. And. Yeah, I just, 
maybe you get slightly more value doing it now because it's a year and a half instead of a year of control. Well, they already DFA'd one of those guys. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like (laughs) (laughs) they're already getting rid of a lot of the guys that they got back. Yeah, Danielson Lamette, the second best in that trade, he's a Rocky now. He's DFA'd, and Rodgers will be a free agent at the end of the year. So essentially, you got two prospects. They're they're 28th ranked prospect, and they're 7th. Here's more from uh, the owner, Mark Adonazio. I know those guys. Well, David, anyone anyway, talked to you guys about it. So, you know, I, I don't think in uh, in David's tenure anyway, I don't think I've, I've vetoed anything in either direction that he's wanted to do. So, you know, as an owner, you know, accountability, responsibility. But, you know, now it's uh, hands off and, and David runs the baseball op show. Mark, one of the, I think, common criticisms is, is this is seen as, um, instead of going for the World Series, seen as some, uh, somehow a cost-cutting move. And I'm wondering how would you respond to that criticism? This is going to be good. So those are two different questions, actually. I can answer the cost-cutting. Cost-cutting had absolutely nothing to do with this. Uh, there was no money came out of the trade, and we had, there was no... Every player that was available, we had the resources to pick up, not only for the balance of this season, but for the seasons of their contract. I'm going to pause right there. <laughs> Didn't they? <laughs> do, you believe, do you believe that at all? No. No. Did, weren't they making a big stink before the season started that they were the reason why they brought Andrew McCutcheon? What were they saying about McCutcheon? Like, this was our threshold that we wanted to pay for bringing a bat in or no, something No, I like just that. remember Mark Ananasio was like, eh, this was one of our coveted free agents that I, that we, didn't he even say that I had circled that I would like to yes, see Yes, he did. Work? Yes, he did. Because he was saying that he doesn't stick his nose in as much anymore. Yeah, but it, I clearly remember him having like I, we circled audio Andrew saying, McCutcheon. yeah, we circled McCutcheon as one of the guys that we liked as a top free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, also, if this was the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox or any other team like that, do you think if they were in the situation with a Josh Hader on their uh, roster with a year and a half left of controllability that they would be trading him? No, no. And all those Not teams all. and all those teams are still in first place in their division and or a contender to make it to the World Series like like the Brewers technically before the, were. Before the Brewers traded Hater, they were four games up on the Cardinals. Correct. First, first place. Now yep. they're two games back. Yes. Right. Oh, and me. they're one in five, and the Cardinals are seven and zero oh in their last Since seven. Since the Hater trade. Correct. Yep. But you, you, there's no way you can sell that to anybody that has even a golf ball size brain. That this wasn't a cost saving thing because you know if you're the Yankees, the Dodgers, you would just wait to extend them. Here is, uh, before I hit play, the rest of this video of Mark Adonazio, the principal owner, talking. David Stern's, same day that this video was recorded on Friday night, David Stern's, uh, Stern's quote, noted that the Brewers' payroll went up after they picked up reliever Trevor Rosenthal. Whose fault is that? A guy who hasn't played in two years, and I don't even know if we're going to see him. It's not cost-saving. Here is yeah, more. they're saying if he does get back and is healthy, it will most likely be for September. Which, by that time, this Milwaukee Brewer team could already potentially have spiraled out of They're already out of contention. The wild, they'll just DFA him. They're not in wild card contention anymore. Yeah, they are. Well, I mean, they're, in, I mean, they're not in the... They're not there. They're the one game out. But I'm saying by September, that's another three-plus weeks. Yeah. 
you could easily be six, seven games out if you continue to flub like this. And by the time you get Trevor Rosenthal back, if he's even worth anything, (laughs) you're already going to be out of contention. Good news is nobody's going to care because two football seasons. It'll be Green Bay Packers, baby. All right, here's more from Adonazio. You know, whether a team like ours has the financial resources to give Josh a long-term contract, which may be the biggest free agent contract or reliever will ever get. Or, you know, we all know Juan Soto's numbers. We're not talking about that. But, you know, to get a premier player, uh, this team is a financial resource to deal. do that. And so, so that's not a real deal. <laughs> dollars didn't come into the mix at all. Dollars didn't come into the mix at all. Well, if dollars I don't, don't believe that for yeah, a second. If dollars don't mean anything, you if you're the Milwaukee you Brewers, who are the biggest players that you would have signed here since 2019? If dollars don't make any, don't if, if dollars play? didn't matter and you could sign whoever you wanted, clearly you'd you'd have re-inked Christian Yelich like you did. Yep. They got him as a very team-friendly deal at the time, and then no one saw what has occurred since coming. It would have been Christian Yelich who was coming off of a season in which he should have been MVP and then the MVP the year before. Mm-hmm. It would be Josh Hader to extend long-term, and it would be Corbin Burns to extend long-term. Those are the three main guys since 2019 that you would easily say if, if money wasn't a thing, they would have been ex- they would be extended. Who, who else do you really, really, really feel like for the next five years you would want to extend Manny on this roster? But they let him go. Manny Pena? Manny, Manny, Manny There's no one else. No, that, no. Like maybe some people could talk themselves into like Woody. But when you look at like a guy like Devin Williams that's been really good, he's still under team control for like three more seasons at a super cheap price. Yeah. We're talking about legit players that were coming towards the end of their contracts that you wanted to ink up long-term. It's three effing guys. Yeah. <laughs> no one else on the roster no. is worth inking up. No. All right, here's more from Adonazio. Take a listen for a break coming up. In, in, in that or in any trade that we, you know, that we weren't able to get done, wasn't about the money. wasn't about the money. Can, can I, sorry, just, I'm sorry to commandeer. Yes. Did he just say there was another trade they weren't able to get done? Uh, Stearns had also noted, RJ, that they were in talks. Let's see here. Uh, they were in talks about other deals. Ultimately, we didn't make those deals because I made a decision that the talent asked was too high. Do you really think that they were really, really in on, seriously in on Juan Soto or no. Shoei Otani? No. Or, or players like that? No. I'm gonna, I, th- I think they pick up the phone and be like, hey, what do you want? Oh, <laughs> never mind. This might be the wrong number. Sorry. Sorry. Like, if you think about what the asking price was for Juan Soto, I mean, they got four top 15 prospects and players. Yeah, Brewers can't do that. If the Brewers would have done that, you almost would have thrown away what you had left in that farm system. Yeah. And then you would have been trading away also a little bit of big league talent. You brought all those guys up to AAA and they're mashing there. All right, let's hear a little more. Let's just follow up on the first half of that, Dennis. Um, On the surface, trading a Josh Hader doesn't square with trying to win a World Series. That's another, I think, common criticism of this deal. Yeah, I think that you have to ask David about. I know he also had a series of other trades that he wanted to do that you know, Here comes happen. a bus. And uh, you just have to ask him about that. Yeah, you got to ask David Stearns <laughs> about that, not me. I, hey, I'm the owner. I'm a fan. I try to keep my nose out of it. You got to ask Stearns about that. We gotta. We know. We need to go find 
hit the clips where he's talking about how he had Andrew McCutcheon circled as a, a high prized free agent this offseason. Yeah. Right, here's what we're gonna I know do. we have it. It's somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll try to look around for it. It sounds like he was trying to throw David Stearns more under the bus and said almost like he had an incomplete trade deadline as in, yeah, he made this move because he was going to make other moves, but then he didn't make those moves. And then we kind of got stuck. And then, hey, we were in on everyone. It's not a money cutting cost. No, it's not at all. Trust me. Found some of the comments that uh, Mark Ananasio had about. All right, so real quick, let's reset. In the video we were playing, Mark Adonazio basically saying, like, I'm trying not to put my nose into the business. David Stearns called me. He said, we got to trade for Hater. The first thing I had to do was sit down. And then he's like, all right, if you think it's best, it's best. And then it's, when reporters start asking more questions, he goes, well, you have to ask David Stearns about that. You have to ask Stearns about that. You have to ask Stearns about that. He's literally throwing Stearns under the bus. Yeah, and so then that was what kind of jogged my memory about Andrew McCutcheon when they were talking about, officially signing Andrew McCutcheon at the beginning of this year. And here's, here's what it actually said. Asked about the payroll. Ananasio said Andrew McCutcheon wasn't in the budget, but he stretched it a little to sign him for 8.5 million for 2022 because he's Andrew McCutcheon. And he was the guy that we had our eyes on. So Adonazio was just saying that it wasn't about money is not an option, really. Uh, like thinking about the money. What I mean, what essentially was Adonazio saying that video, Rowdy? That mo- money is not an object, essentially? Yeah, that money wasn't the difference in this deal for yeah. Josh Hader. And then also that, was? you know, he maybe should have had his nose in there a little bit more because this was all David Stearns. Yeah. <laughs> So what was the issue with Josh Hader then? Because what you but got it sounds in return like he for him, poked his nose in there this offseason. He totally did. To get Andrew McCutcheon for what was quote unquote not in the budget. So what because was it about he's Andrew McCutcheon? The return you got from Hader, one's already DFA'd. He's now a Colorado Rocky. The other two are prospects. And the other guy and Taylor, Taylor Rogers, Rogers will be done at the end of the is season. Is done after the season. So what are you really getting for Josh Hader? Two prospects? Yep. And what do we know about prospects? They always pan out. <laughs> they, In bizarro world, they always pan out. Yep, they always do. Oh, my God. So far, Rowdy, as we're over halfway through the video, what uh, what has stood out for you so far besides Mark Adonazio seemingly throwing David Stearns under the bus about the Josh Hader deal that was? I mean, really, other than that, just that I don't really believe him at all. Yeah, that it wasn't a cost-cutting thing. Uh, it wasn't financially driven. Um, and that he's not sticking his nose in the business. And when he was called about hater or that a potential deal, he had to, the first thing he had to do was sit down. All right, well, let's hear the rest of the video. Yeah. I just don't believe that. I don't, neither do I. Here's more. Yeah, we're, we're here, by the way, every presentation, I'm just saying, every presentation, because they know my focus, every presentation that I get at the start of a, let's say, winter season is the goal of winning. That's that was actually what I was going to ask because that seems to be the biggest complaint right now from fans. All they care about is getting to the playoffs, getting the World Series. Doesn't matter. Does it bother you to, 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 to hear someone suggest that? Look, I think first of all, the fans. I love that the fans are so passionate. You know, uh, I love the fact that when uh, I got here, you know, we're celebrating a team tonight. And- I'm going to pause it right there. I love the 1982 team. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the 
It's the best moment in Brewers history, right? You're in the World Series. Well, here's the thing. Would you it didn't a, win. Would it be a hot take to say, I don't love it? Well, I, I, I love it, but I don't. It. I never saw it. I never saw it either. It's cool history. It's cool lore. But it's been 40 like you, years. Like you think about it. Yeah, Molitor, Hall of Famer. Yeah, Yount, Hall of Famer. Some of the players on the team, Hall of Famer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But other than that, as someone that didn't see it, someone that wasn't alive in 1982, it was just another year that obviously they were good, but they didn't win. 40 years. 40. I get it. It's, it's great history. It's great lore. Do you think the Buffalo Bills celebrate losing four straight Super Bowls? I mean, it's it's only one step further than us continuing to talk about 2011 or 2018. Do you think the Packers celebrate losing to the Broncos, Rowdy? No, I think a lot of people would want that game back. Like, when I got here in 05, you know, uh, from 1982 to 2005, what is that, 23 years, we've not been to the playoffs? All we wanted to do is get to the playoffs. And I love that the bar has been raised so much higher. But, uh, you know, it stings. It still stings that we didn't uh, get past game seven against the Dodgers. Things that happened last couple of years in the playoffs sting. We still talk about them all the time. Or can you, you can you clarify? You actually picked up salary with these trades that you made, right? Yeah, the David deadline? can go through the math. Yes, and, and there were – there was no uh, – any any player or you know I guess you could have put Stammering. a group of players together, but and David can comment on that. But there was no uh, there were no budget problems even with Juan Soto. What did he just say? There were no budget problems with Juan now, Soto. So if what if what the reporters aren't going to you know kiss his ass Stop. and Stop. sniff his ass and tell him he's beautiful and. He's special, he's special and, and pretty else, and uh, everything else. It would be like, my follow-up would be, wait, so Juan Soto? And then get his attention on that and say, so did you plan on, if you were able to trade for him, extending Juan Soto for 10 to 15 years? And then I'd love to hear what he said, because I guarantee you he would have an issue with extending Juan Soto for 10 years only, for $500 million. Here's what the Brewers did money-wise. They helped out the San Diego Padres to sign Juan Soto. Right, Rowdy? They took some of their contracts. Well, they did eat Lamette's, the rest of Lamette's money this year. Who, by the year. way, is a Rocky now. And Taylor Rogers' money for the rest of this year. The Brewers ate Lamette's, the Nielsen Lamette's contract, and then DFA'd him. Yeah, and that He's was... He's a Rocky now. And it's not like, in the grand scheme of things in Major League Baseball, it was like $1.6-ish million. So it wasn't like it was some huge, huge amount. But just the principle of acquiring a guy oh who God. was thought to be a piece that could potentially help you next year because he was under he was one of the Major League Ready players that was under contract for next season. What and is then happening? not only are you not using that final year, but you are also going to eat his salary. We live in bizarro world. Really, do you guys seriously have talks about a package? You have to ask David about, oh about those trades. I think you can see the prospects they, they took back in that. So I think where we had uh, failed, we didn't have matches, as David would call it, on trades. My understanding, it was over, over the prospects. And you may say, well, that's not consistent with... You have to ask him. He made all the... Oh, my God. They had, they had the... It's like running a, a war room like they do for a draft. Yeah. Um, 
I'm wondering also what you thought about some of the player feedback. I think players. His- uh, this is the last answer he has, Rowdy. I'm I'm dumbfounded right now. Dumbfounded. Teammates are disappointed to see him go, and some seem to be sort of taking it in over the last couple of days. These guys get incredibly close. Uh, we all get close. We all have to, you know, it's... Um, when, when Trace get done over the winter, they, you know, you have a winter to process it. When they get done mid-season, it's, it's, it's a little unnerving. And uh, it's, it's part of the game. And you can't, you know, in either direction, you can't tell the guys to make trades or not. At least I haven't, not with this baseball officer. told to... Goal is we want to get to a World Series, and their goal is to always improve the team. <sighs> he's nervous on that video. He's like he's well, like pacing last, around. And their goal stammering. is to always improve the team. I just don't think anybody would believe you if you said that that trade improved your team to win a World Series in 2022 because it clearly didn't. What are we? What did we just hear? What did we just listen to? He talks about how Juan Soto, like money's not an object. Juan Soto was on the table, but it's not financially driven of Josh Hader. What did you get in return? Two prospects. The Nielsen, the Mets are rocky. Taylor Rogers is done contractually after this season. What did you do? Oh, by the way, the Brewers are two games out of first place. They're one in five since the trade. What's happening? Rowdy, what's going on? Are we...